Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, welcome. All right, today I want to talk about balance, that very weird, ambiguous, and ubiquitous term, balance. See what I did there? I used two of my favorite words in one sentence, ambiguous and ubiquitous. <laughs> balance, balance, balance. I I constantly get asked on social media. I constantly get asked in emails, how do you balance it all? Particularly as a single mom, particularly as a homeschooling mom with a business. So how do I, how do I balance it? I do want to talk about balance, but before that, I want to take a quick tangent and discuss something that we have definitely talked about before, but I don't know. It just hit me over the head because suddenly I'm seeing it all over the place and I'm seeing it in friends. I'm seeing it in clients and I'm seeing it in my community and out in the world. And I want to go back to it as a concept of connection. And I, we of course dissected this in the connection episode, but the uh aha parenting, the I'm not going to focus on my child, but I'm going to respond to my child, even though I'm not focused on them, right? Which is like this, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, oh yeah, good job. It's couched in a lot of, oh, good job, honey. Yeah, sweetie, sweet. Yeah, these become meaningless words that imply connection, but are devoid and they are empty and they are affecting our kids. You guys, we have to put our fucking phones away. We have to, for some portion of the day, for some portion of our time with kids. You know me. I'm pro-technology. I am so pro. You get your phone. Yeah, I'm not saying don't look at your phone. I am not saying pay attention to your kid 100% of the time. What I am saying is stop with the half-assed parenting, okay? It's not fair to our kids. And I am being pretty strict here because I I recently saw a couple of like really bad instances of this. This creates a hole in our kids, you guys. It creates them being needy, needy, needy little, mm, right? If your child is needy, I, I watched a kid actually slap a phone out of his mother's hand. And it, you know, I don't know if the phone broke or not, but, but the mother was furious. But the kid, you know, for a toddler to slap something out of your hand. And what the way it was, um, it wasn't a, a moment of anger. It was clear to me that the toddler wanted the mom's attention and couldn't get it. And I'm just, I'm keenly aware of it in myself. Our phones have become just so much a part of us. And it was really funny. Um, you can't tell me that the scroll is not addictive. So we were on a, we were in Costa Rica recently and to get to the town that we stay in, you have to take like a five to seven hour shuttle ride. Yeah. And you're going through the mountains in Costa Rica and it's kind of, it's, it's long and it can make some people car sick, but you also have like, obviously no Wi-Fi. I'm on my phone, you know, cause I'm bored. I'm on Facebook. Nothing's pulling up, right? No pictures. It's loading, I don't know, like one status per minute. It's horrific. And I'm still scrolling. And I caught myself and I was like, what the hell are you doing? And it's like that scroll to, I don't know, there must be something really soothing about it. I was scrolling for no content, you guys. So I'm I'm including myself in this group. I'm not on some high horse, like looking down on anybody, but we have to 
we have to put down our phones. And the, the key here is we just have to let ourselves, not let ourselves, we have to let our kids know, we have to be honest with ourselves about when our phone time is. And then we have to be honest with our kids and let them know it's okay for you to tell your kid, honey, I can't listen to you right now. Can you give me one more minute? Let me finish up what I'm doing and then I can totally focus on you. That is totally fine. Yes. What is not fine is being half in on your phone and half in with your kid because probably what you're doing on the phone, you're not attending to very well, right? And you're definitely not attending to your child and they're feeling it and it's creating aggressive behavior, okay? Very, very simple. I've talked about this before. My trick is airplane mode unless I really need a text about like plans in the next few hours, airplane mode. My coaching clients, we communicate via a walkie-talkie app I can't be available 24 seven, right? And so sometimes a lot of us who have like, you know, online jobs or consulting jobs or things like that, we're trying to work. So if you're in that camp, if you're a mama who's like trying to do a part-time job from home while watching your kids, this is a danger. If you're trying to do a full-time job while you're at home with your kids, this is a danger, right? For me, I have to set these boundaries around my work because otherwise I'd work all day. I really would. And my kid would get nothing right? So airplane mode is your best friend. Put it on airplane mode for a few hours, even if it's just a small amount of time, you guys, just to get that connection with your kid. Yeah. So it's, you know, the next 20 minutes, right? And we talked about this in connection activities, this in the, in the book, and, and we've discussed this in other episodes. It might be a 20 minute connection activity, but you have to put your phone away. So I'm going to step off my soapbox now. <laughs> And I'm putting my phone in airplane mode. (laughs) So this concept, though, segues very nicely into balance and particularly an aspect of balance, which is multitasking when why multitasking sucks, right? I am a firm believer in that we really can't multitask. We've spread ourselves too thin and we don't do anything well. And and again, this is, we discussed this in the time management episode, right? Is that you cannot keep, you can't do everything well if you're trying to do it all together. And for me, it's really, I am the last living soul with a, out a dishwasher. So I wash my dishes by hand. And I started noticing that like, if I was trying to answer texts and pay attention to Pascal and wash dishes, I was, it was taking hours to do all of it when really if I had just washed the dishes, that would have been a 10 minute thing. If I had answered all my texts at once, that would have been a 10 or 20 minute thing. And then I have freedom to sit with Pascal. So I can't do all of those things at once. And of course, I realize your kids are little and you know, you might be trying to clean up the kitchen and they're getting into something dangerous. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm trying, I'm talking about actual multitasking and trying to do everything at once. So the biggest thing when we start talking about balance is I would suggest taking multitasking off your plate. Notice the very first thing of changing any behavior is awareness. Notice when are you trying to do too many things? Big clue is you're going to feel frustrated or you're going to feel stretched too thin or you're going to feel overwhelmed, right? You're going to feel like, stop texting me. I'm trying to do dishes. It's not the person. The person texting you doesn't know you're doing dishes. You have to stop responding. Yeah. So that's number one. It's just, it's so much more effective to focus on the thing you're doing. It's calmer and it saves time in the end. And again, 
this is like not across the board for everything. I, I realize as parents, we have to multitask in small moments. I'm talking about trying to catch it when it's not necessary. Yeah. Or you just, you just think like, oh my God, I got so much to do. I have to finish this thing like right now. Right. Most parents are definitely trying to juggle multiple things, hoping to achieve balance in their lives. Right. Again, I get an email at least once a day asking me how I balance it all. I don't. I don't balance it all. Balance is a verb. It is not a noun. It is not a destination. Okay. You may or may not know this, but in my earlier life, I was a circus performer and I could hold a four plus minute handstand. I could not hold a handstand forever. Four minutes is a really long time to balance. However, forever is longer, right? <laughs> forever is not possible. In fact, the record for a handstand is 12 minutes. And within those 12 minutes, if you've ever seen somebody do a handstand, if you watch the handstanders' hands, their hands are very, very active, right? There's these tiny adjustments that are being made to hold that handstand. It is not a stagnant thing, even within the balance. So check it out. Next time you watch somebody handstanding, watch Watch their fingers, or even if you can handstand against the wall, look at what your fingers have to do to maintain balance. So these tiny, tiny adjustments, right? Now, of course, the circus world is ripe with balance analogies. You know, you're spinning plates, you're juggling fire, you're walking the tightrope, which by the way, back when I was cool, I have done all of these. But the reality is, is that nothing, none of these can be sustained long-term. Balance is so cool because it ends, right? If if it didn't end, if everybody could just hold a 12-minute handstand and just keep holding it, it wouldn't be a cool thing, right? It's cool because it ends. So listen, have you ever like cleaned or organized or purged a room and it looks so freaking good? You sit on a chair with a coffee or a glass of wine and you just look at it. Yeah, you know that? You know that moment? I do that all the time. Yeah, that feeling's awesome, right? But you know it's going to be so short-lived. You know someone's going to come up in here and mess it up right quick. But that moment, oh, we love that moment, right? We all want that where it's like perfection, right? (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I'm here to crush your dream and remind you how very fleeting that is, okay? This is where the balance comes in, right? We're trying to balance work, parenting, self-care, keeping relationships healthy, getting friend time. There's going to be these occasional moments of, yes, yes, I'm doing it. Look at me. I'm spinning all the plates and they're balanced. And then, boom, the plates you are spinning are going to crash to the ground. Yeah. Your juggling partner will miss the ball and suddenly it's balls flying everywhere. Incidentally, here's a funny thing. So I, I was in a show where there were four of us juggling, partner juggling, and we happened to get sick. Like we all got colds and bad, bad head colds, which messes with your inner ear and your sinuses. We had to temporarily cut the juggling act from the show because with all four of us sick, we could not juggle. The inner ear balance stuff was off. And so like the first night that we were all sick, oh my God, there was, balls were flying everywhere. I think it still managed to look really cool because there were so many of us juggling, but I just think that's a really interesting thing to extrapolate into real life too, is to, when you get sick, it's even harder to balance, right? It's harder to keep those, those plates spinning, those balls in the air. So what I find is that most people attempt to achieve some sort of balance by doing 
a lot of things, none of them well, right? And that's that multitasking thing, right? So one of the things that we try to do, uh, you know, that we try to balance, we try to balance everything with the bigger ones, exercise, nurturing our partnership, nurturing our friendship, self-care time, learning something new time, still spending good time with the kids. These things, we tend to try to do all of those because those are all really important, right? Like I do need to exercise every day. I do need to spend quality time with my spouse, with my friends, with my kids. And it gets crazy. So if you can bear with me with a totally random mixed metaphor, mixed analogy, I have a couple of ways of dealing with this. I can't do everything because nobody can. You guys, you might have one day that you can do it all, but it's because like some special circumstance, you have a your your mom's in town and can watch the kids or the kids are at camp or you know what I mean? That you can't do it all every single day. So my two ways of dealing with this, one is a, I think of it as a four burner stove. Yeah. And the second one is, uh, I call it the small time theory. So the four burner stove is for me, it's always like one pot is boiling, two are simmering, and one is on medium heat soon to be boiling. Right. So you have to attend to the boiling pot first, of course, right? Because it's going to boil over. Not forever. It will soon be off the stove, but it needs all your attention right now. It will boil over if you don't deal with it. So those are the hot spots. Those are things that have to happen like right now. Maybe it's getting your kids out of the house to school in the morning, right? Because that has to happen in a timely manner. That's your boiling pot for the moment, right? Things like milestones, uh, potty training for sure is a boiling pot, right? I ask you when, when we, you know, dive into potty training, I ask you for three or four days where you're not doing anything but watching your kid, right? That's a boiling pot. You, you got to let the other pots just sort of simmer. You can't do, you can't do too much in that zone. It is not forever, but you can't look away like literally and figuratively, right? I recently started working with a family, um, whose child, you know, for whatever reason, things were glitchy and they were in month four of active potty training. And the mom was nearly in tears as we keep, we were getting through the conversation. And she was like, I, it turns out that really her whole world was sort of falling out underneath her. And she, she didn't have anything that felt really good and in order. And it was like, yeah, because potty training, you've been watching a boiling pot for four months. Like that's too long. And that's kind of why I, I hate these like when I hear about people extending potty training for a really long time, I'm like, you're going to stress yourself out. It's a boiling pot. You can't watch the boiling pot for that long. So as a side note, if potty training is taking you a really long time, something's up. Please book a consult with either me or one of my uh, certified consultants because it really, really, really shouldn't take that long. Again, you're going to your kid's going to get tired of it and you're going to get tired of it because it's a it's a boiling pot. So the boiling pot like really is your call, per, perhaps you've forgotten about you and you have decided that exercise is the boiling pot. Like right now for this month, exercise is the boiling pot, right? So you might need to like attend to that and give something else up in in that place, right? It might be like you might need to hire a sitter after you get home from work so you can get to the gym for a little time. It, it doesn't have to be forever, but it's a boiling pot, right? Last summer, I was writing my book. I had deadlines left, right, and center, right? So that was a boiling pot for me. There was a lot more video game playing than I usually allow, but it's my job. It's my livelihood. There were deadlines and a, a whole team was waiting on certain aspects of this. And so it was definitely a boiling pot. 
I think the thing to remember about the boiling pot is that it can't be forever. It's not a sustainable thing. So it has to be this, it's these things that come up and we need to attend to right away. But the boiling pot takes precedence. Whatever that is, that takes precedence. Perhaps the boiling pot is seven loads of laundry that you need to do. Perhaps the boiling pot is a trip to the market, right? Like your your fridge is empty and you you say, screw it. I have to sacrifice everything else today because I have to, you know, I have to do a major market run. You know, I, I realize again, like the four burner stove is like sort of a mixed analogy, mixed metaphors here with the juggling and, and the pots moving, right? But the simmer pots can also suddenly start to boil over. So you take the boiling pot off the stove and the simmer starts to boil, right? And maybe that's like, okay, you attended to, you know, taking care of yourself and and time with your child was was shaved. And now you can see that your kid's starting to react. So now you're going to go, oh, right. Okay. I need to like, I, I need, that's now the boiling pot. So I can put exercise on the back burner for a little while, let that simmer. And then I can attend more to what my child needs in this moment. Yeah. It's really important to remember that you can only attend to that thing that is boiling. Yeah, you don't have to do it all the time. You can change it on a daily, weekly basis. And this kind of goes back to that the big stone theory that I talk about a lot, like picking your big stones, not just for life, but picking your big stones on a daily basis. I also have something that I have recently termed the small time theory. And I watched this TED Talk. I have to try to find it to link it in the show notes for you guys, but I watched this TED talk with this guy. He was just a regular guy. But you, oh my God, you have to hear the things that this guy has done. Like he's, he like speaks five languages. He knows how to ride a unicycle. He learned how to knit and crochet. And he ended up doing the, the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest crochet square, which is huge. It's uh, 10 by 10 or something like that. He has done a remarkable amount of random things, which I just think is so cool. And the whole TED Talk is like on how to accomplish your goals, right? And one is just attend to it daily in small increments. And so I've been playing with this because I really started to notice Pascal takes drum lessons he has since he was seven. And his drum teacher constantly tells us like how great he is and how he's so ahead of his other students. And I'd say at least once a month, he's like, what do you guys do? Like, how much is he practicing? He he said, you know, it sounds like Pascal's been practicing for hours and hours and hours. Pascal legitimately practices about 10 to 15 minutes a day, unless he's like super working on a song and he gets obsessed, right? I knew this when I, as an adult, tried to learn piano. If I set an hour to time myself for practice, I would be so resistant. I would find everything in the world to do, but not sit down and practice piano. And I realized when I started telling myself, I just need to practice for 10 minutes, I would not only easily clear 10 minutes, I would most often go to 20 or a half hour, but I was unbelievably amazed at the progress you can make in just 10 minutes. Yeah. Same thing. Now I I am obsessed with my ukulele and I love my ukulele and I carve out just 10 to 15 minutes where I can practice my ukulele. Now, the slow and steady progress you make this way with anything is amazing. And it's not just about progress. And I know that like 20 minutes here and there, it's not going to make you a virtuoso. It's not going to make you a competitive runner. You know, if you want to train for a marathon, 20 minutes a day is not going to get you there. But it will give you some time. It will help you improve whatever you're trying to do slowly and surely. 20 minutes of reading with your kid every day is 100% better than reading for an hour every few days, right? 20 minutes of exercise will boost your mood. 
it's not going to make you a bikini competitor, but it will definitely help you with all other aspects of your life, right? I'm loving this small time theory because the four burner stove is pretty reactive, right? You, you, you have a boiling pot that you have to attend to. My goal in life is to not have any boiling pots, right? Like ideally that would be amazing if we could eliminate all boiling pots, right? And I think we can if we go to the small time theory. And so if you can attend to things and just grab these chunks of time, And do it really consciously, not like, oh my God, all right, I have 10 minutes. Let me hurry up and try to do something. Like right now I'm really invested in learning Spanish. And so I'm trying to carve out my time to do my Spanish lessons, not try to squeeze it in because I don't think that's really effective learning either, right? But here's another thing that happens. I regularly work with parents who are just swept under. It's so overwhelming and I was working with a client the other day and we just had this phenomenal talk of like, it's not, you know, it's not even, we know social media is everybody presenting their best lives. Like we know that. And it's not even so much that we're trying to keep up with anybody. It's that social media can remind us of things. So you see somebody, oh yeah, I forgot about that playground. Oh yeah, I forgot about that library cool thing that's going on. Oh yeah, I forgot. So then we start like overbooking ourselves and we get this. It's not, doesn't even have to be competitive. It doesn't even have to be like, oh, I want to do what that parent's doing. It can just simply be like, oh my God, I totally forgot about all these cool things. Let me go do the cool things. And so I just see particularly women because men are just better at carving out time for themselves, but I'm seeing an overwhelm and we're just forgetting about us as people. And you guys, You have to show up as a whole person to be a good parent, right? Taking time for yourself is not selfish. You come back to your kid a better person. You're also modeling how to take care of yourself to your child. And so that claiming the 20 minutes, that's not a lot of time for you to say, damn it, I'm taking 20 minutes and I'm reading a book and and whatever you need to do to get there with your littles. The universe, God, angels, whatever your belief system is, hears you and responds and and creates that time for you. And I swear there's magic in that. There's magic in claiming that time for yourself. It's going to shift your mentality. It's going to make you a better parent. It's going to make your day better. And I think it's also really magical to claim that time for something to better yourself. And not that we always have to be self-improving, but I just see so many parents exhausted. So they claim that time at the end of the night for Netflix or when the kids are napping, they log on to some like, you know, silly programming. I'm not opposed to that. It's just that, is that refreshing you? You know, if you watch some, you know, if your kid's napping and you go scroll Facebook, again, is that refreshing? Because I don't think Facebook's, oh my God, Facebook is like eating a two pound bag of M&Ms, right? Or Instagram, same thing. It it feels so good in the moment and you kind of keep stuffing yourself and then you feel like shit afterwards. So do things that are nourishing you. And for me, and, and I'm not saying you have to do this, but for me, like learning things and sort of, I don't know, I know a bunch of songs on the ukulele now. I just think that's sort of randomly cool. So teaching yourself things, teaching yourself how to knit or whatever, those to me are very nourishing activities. So just make sure that what you're doing is nourishing you. And I have zero judgment. If you're watching Netflix nourishes you and you feel refreshed, go for it. I'm not 
trying to lay any judgment on you, believe me. <laughs> My interest is that you do feel refreshed and nourished in the time that you claim for yourself. And it doesn't have to be big time. I think I've talked about this before. I really wanted to get back to reading fiction books. I just don't read fiction books. And I was like, oh, the other thing is that I'm not modeling to my kid who happens to be with me all day. I'm not modeling that you just sit down and read. I'm modeling that when you get tired and you're a little like stressed out and you need time to yourself that you get on your phone. I realized I was modeling that behavior. I want to model. You know what? Let me let me teach myself something. Let me read a book. Let me do something that truly nourishes my mind, body, and soul. So that's my self-care speech at the end of balance. Please remember, nobody is balancing it all, okay? there Nobody is doing everything well. So if it looks like somebody is, they're not. Something's falling through the cracks. One of the things that I know, and people ask me constantly, like, I don't know how you do it as a single mom. Uh, you know, my husband was out of town for a week and I lost it. The thing is, you guys, there's a flip side to that. I did not have to keep another relationship alive, right? So for you guys who are doing a partnership, who are married or or even just living together, you're doing something extraordinary. You're keeping another relationship alive just with your kids, right? So so I, I need to say that because I think there's this vision that like, I don't know, that I have it harder when I think you guys have it harder, yeah? So so nobody, nobody's doing well. And honestly, you guys, right now, I was at a stage, you know, I've tried like match.com and things like that. And um, I'm at a stage where I was like, oh, I just, I can't even date anybody. Like where my life is, like, you know, last year, writing a book, releasing the book, homeschooling Pascal, he's going to be, you know, sort of on his own more and more as time goes by. And I was like, I can't even devote this time. I can't keep it. I can't even start another relationship right now. Right. And so I had to kind of come to grips with like, for that, this season right now, that's not for me. And so I think it's imperative that you know that I'm not doing it all, right? You're doing an extra thing, even harder and more than me. So I don't think we should look at anybody and say, oh my God, you're doing it so well. You're doing it. You're balancing everything. And even if somebody is balancing everything, know that it's for the day or maybe the week, but the plates are going to come tumbling down for everybody. It's just, again, it's the nature of the beast. It balances a verb, not a noun or destination. All right, you guys, I'm going to log off. If you need any parenting, homeschooling, potty training help, I have spots available on jamieglowacki.com. And I hope you guys have a rocking day. We'll be back soon. All right, I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, yummy new book presale treats, when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified OCRAP consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.